Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Match Ball. The podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. 10% off as always with our discount URL. Uh, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan. Hello. Michael's here as well. Hello. As is Moscow. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Arsenal are shit, aren't they? Really shit. Second half, 4-0 up, and look at how they caved under the mildest bit of pressure. We're miles better than them. They did cave to a victory, <laughs> it's worth saying. Yep. And only, only hit the post, what was it, twice? Three times? Well, some of them were offside, though, weren't they? So yeah. it's not like um, they were going to score all those goals. And this is where your optimism gets you, Michael Normanton. What a fucking idiot. Well, I didn't know we were going to have to rearrange all the team to fit Pascal Strike into a position he can't even play anyway. I mean, this this is the starting point, isn't it? Let's go for that as a jump-off point, because everybody, to a man, woman, child, baby and dog, and cat, and any other mammal species you identify as, everybody seems to be unified around the point that we're sticking too many square pegs in round holes, and it's all just to accommodate one person at you know one um it's all just to accommodate pascal stroik that's like, it basically he's yeah. like um i was gonna say one personnel change but that's not the phrase i'm after that's bollocks he's like the neymar of leeds united he demands unless i play cdm i'm just i'm i'm not gonna i'm gonna go back to brazil and have parties and screw the lot of you and the wages will be wasted but it's well true though isn't it because throwing his weight around at thorpe arch but think mark about- marco bielsa unless you do what i want uh you think about it though you've got Jamie Shaku came in, who's a midfielder, playing at right back. Then we switched our right back to centre back. We had one recognised centre back in there, the, the remaining one that's fit. Um, and then we shoved one of our other centre backs into midfield. And then we've obviously got fucking Sugar Rush Kid at left back or whatever, who's prone to doing whatever he wants to do on any given day. Um, it just feels like too many changes. Just put somebody in midfield like Dallas, he can probably play there. I will just give you the old. Well, he was in midfield. I will just give you the alternative. You, know, you, you know what I mean? You asked. Of. Um, Marco Bielsa, who says he didn't think Phillips missing or the changes made were a specific problem, but they were. They were. Yeah, yeah. he's wrong, isn't he? So yeah, it's well, it's not just the one resign, thing, but it's not just the one thing, is it? It's not just the the personnel changes. It's uh, the subpar performance with the personnel changes. So if you have an off day, you go to London. Uh, you've got a few injuries. It all conspires to make Leeds United have these performances in the Premier League. He says, uh, Stroik, Ailing, and Shackleton all filled in well. But not well enough. Strike was awful. I mean, the first half strike was awful. I'm just going to say it. 
There's he, no point pretending otherwise. It didn't work at all. Well, he just he, kept, he, he kept dropping into centre half, didn't he? He it? barely touched it. Like in the in the pressure we were under, he needs to be taking responsibility. Calvin is willing to receive the ball in difficult positions and then make us move forward. Strike just didn't. It, whether or not it was players not trusting to pass to him in tight areas, I'm not sure whether he was not in good enough positions to be passed to. But it felt like too often Melier was just stood with the ball, being a bit like, "What the fuck." Well, yeah, Calvin's kind of... Where is someone? Yeah, well, Calvin's modus operandi is to take calculated risks in that area, isn't it? To receive it in tight areas and move it out of them because that way you create space elsewhere. Whereas, you've got to say, the defender's instinct is not to start doing stuff in, in tight areas. I mean, they Also, to give them some credit, they did press as well. What are you giving that Arsenal credit for, you Judas? <laughs> but they did. They made it difficult for us. Whereas we saw against Palace, they we just pay, like passed it around at the back because they weren't pressing us and... That was fine. It felt like the opposite was happening today with them just relentlessly pressing our defenders and without the out ball, which was Calvin, there's nothing we could do. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just meant we lost it. And the other side of it was, um, I spotted in the first half, Rafinha making a, a good run um, for a pass from Stroik who played it backwards. I think he went to Cooper and Rafinha kind of stood forward of, of him and was properly yelling at him. And then he did get the ball and went running up the pitch and made a really good chance and then came back to Stroik and, and yelled at him some more. I think it's not Stroik's instincts to... He worries. He's a worrier in that position because he's not very good at it. Well, that's, that's so a coincidence because he worries me. He's not going to find Rafinha. And then the, the times as well that we saw Stroik several times giving up possession and, and then Arsenal attack us. And the, uh, the comeback in the second half, was it a coincidence that uh, Jamie Shackleton was in midfield when that happened instead of a right back admittedly he did then go back to right back and then now Huggins was in midfield and Huggins also did um, very well but we suddenly with a, a another midfielder in midfield um, that that helps us as well Bielsa's also said apparently Click was playing with a hip injury which is very on brand for matches Click of course it was a, a hip injury the <laughs> a hipster the hippest man the club has gone that, full, that gone, have gone, gone full Shakira so when we you know we then have an injured matches click with um, Pascal Stroik, who is a centre back, and Stuart Dallas doing his best. That midfield was not uh, as strong as it could be. But that's to say, it's all these—it's that death by a thousand cuts. All these different factors feeding into not quite being at the races on any given day, which we, we've we've got it in us because when we're when we're on our day, we're brilliant. And when, we're, when we're not on our day, not brilliant. We're terrible. But we, we haven't yet been brilliant with Pascal Stroik in that position, have we? Not in this league, anyway. We had some decent performances at the end of last season, but it hasn't worked there. Which isn't to have a go at him, like we were saying. He is a centre back, mm, very good one, and mm. and it's fine there because, and like as you said, receiving the ball at centre back, you basically always get the ball passed back to you. It is a completely different role having the getting the ball from all angles, receiving it, receive it and turning with it. Yeah, it is a completely different job. So it's and playing not, quarterback as well, you've got to have the vision for the the passes out to the wings. You you don't. Stroik is capable of that. We've seen big. Beautiful passes from him. When doing, he that first from, doing that from the in. back is different, though, isn't mm. it, than doing it from midfield? Where you, you're facing the way you're playing, yeah. 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 So I, I think, like, we have had a go at him for about 10 minutes there. But then the other. But it's not having a go at him. Sorry. I was going to say, we're yeah. not having a go at him. We're having a go at the system that put him there. I think yeah. we need to probably draw the line between that. Well, not necessarily yeah. the system, but the, the personnel choices, because we weren't going to change the but system. You, you know what but, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and I wonder now, having heard Bielsa talking about um, Click playing with a hip injury, whether. The idea of putting Click there maybe was precluded by the fact that he wasn't fully fit, so wouldn't have been able to operate against 
who was it? It was um, Odegaard, wasn't it? Um, marking him may have taken too much effort on on Click's hips, so he had to. I wonder if there's an element of having to do um, what he did. But even can Stuart we? Dallas never gets a chance there, does he? Can we have more players that are better? Eventually, yeah, I think that's mm. that's probably going to happen. But seriously, that is. We know that's at the root of it, don't we? That we don't quite have the squad. We've got the injuries. We don't quite have the quality when all these factors, you know, play out together in a game. So it's just, it's time, isn't it? We need another transfer window, maybe another year, year or two to start eliminating these losses. Well, it depends what progress you want. I started thinking about this. If we're next season and we buy some more players and we uh, develop the squad again, but we still go to Arsenal and maybe we lose 3-2 next time, I'm starting to wonder thinking about what the reaction is going to be to to things like that, whether we won't have improved enough for some people, you know, as Bielsa taking it as far as he can, all that kind of stuff will come up because development in the Premier League is is difficult to put a target on because apart from the prize money, finishing between 17th and 8th or whatever is exactly the same. So unless we qualify for Europe, how will we have developed and what are the chances actually of qualifying for Europe in the Premier League when you're in the second season out? So that's all in the future and I think that it's... When you talk about we need another transfer window, I, I'm thinking more in terms of we'll need, you know, three seasons before we'll certainly. At what point do we start thinking we're going to win the Premier League? In most Leeds fans' minds, it's this season, and then adding in little layers of realism. Maybe next season we want to well, be having a chance at it. Yeah, it's, fourth, it's going fourth, to take a lot more than forty first season back. Forty first season back, and then we win it the season after. We know that's the the historical precedent. No, I was having a chat with um with Phil Hay. Sorry for that clang. Um, name dropping. I was chatting with him on um, on WhatsApp about that game, and he was saying that eventually um, the defeats like this, where Leeds just don't turn up and it completely gets away from us in the first half, tolerance will drop for those over time. So maybe next season we won't be as forgiving as you've just said there, Moscow. Do you think it will be as immediate as next season, or will it be a couple of years? Yeah, you see, you should talk to me, not Phil. Hey, I'm just going to say the same things, but in, be- a, in a, an accent that's easier to understand. <laughs> um, I don't know about what was your question. No, just saying that Phil Phil is making the same point that you made. If it carries on happening, it will eventually wear thin. But the point is, is I guess, is not to get ahead of ourselves and to understand this is going to happen in the first season back. And okay, it's fine. We're all right. And we can see there's the limitations of a squad as well. If we've done, as Arsenal have done, I suppose, where you spend 70 million quid on a midfielder and you're still shit at the end of it. I mean, they're still only just next to us in the table and we've got a game in hand. They're not that much better than us. I mean, across the two games, there's a good argument to say we've been the better team because they were... I mean, the first half, we were out of shape completely. And still, if he has a good day, there's a fair chance Meslier saves all of their goals because they're all near post efforts and one that he gave away, which was a, you could kind of see it coming. It's been, in fairness, it's been coming all season, hasn't it? That one where he gets the ball taken off his toe and then he fouls someone. That's That's been in the in the post for several months. But he still should save the shots. And I think one of the days he does, and then we're still in the game and, we can improve and maybe get something from it. It, it felt like everything just went wrong in that mm-hmm. half. I think the third goal, the, the one that he got some heat for, I feel minded to defend him partly out of um, appreciation for the points that he's won us this season, which he has. He hasn't just been a, a good goalkeeper. He has won points in the Premier League for us. The guy hits his hat him really hard. <laughs> and it was quite close in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it did make me think like, okay, you shouldn't get beaten at your near post. But if somebody leathers it front at you from, what was it, about 10 yards, it's difficult. That, Go- it goals, wasn't, you know. goals and shots will go in. We, yeah. we understand that. He did, I don't think he did himself any favours today. But then I also think the way that Arsenal pressed us created those situations as well because he's encouraged to play. 
He's got ice in his veins. He's always going to try and play under the circumstances and because the program to do what they're told, he's going to try and play out from the back. Ahead of it, ahead of it happening on the little WhatsApp group, we've got some mates. I said we're asking far too much of him here because we just kept giving the ball to him and being like, "Well, you do something then. You do, yeah. you do the job of Calvin what, Phillips. This, Why don't what, you find a what's this WhatsApp group? You're not, we're not in it, are you, Dick? Correct. What's the sickest thing you've had put into that WhatsApp group? Can you say it on this podcast? One hundred percent, no, <laughs> no, okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, we were asking him to do to play out from the back by himself at points because it just was defenders just giving it back to him and then being like, well, can you see any big diagonal balls? And then occasionally tried it, they got cut out, some were quite good. Some ones were good balls, but then the headers that were flicked on, there was no one there to receive them and the pressure was back on us again. It, it just didn't work. Because they couldn't find strike, gave it to Melier. And so you're going from a 21-year-old to a 20-year-old. And Edison, who is probably the, the best player at, at doing that since Manuel Neuer, he fucks up occasionally. Look at Allison over the last couple of games for Liverpool, who appears to be completely broken. As They're a all at it. They're all at it, Moscow. It happens to the the best of them. And I I have um, I remember watching some clips of Melier at Lorient bef- when he was playing before he signed for us. And there's a great. Did you make the video at I, any point? Uh, I did not. But there was one clip where. Um, the ball is rolled to him outside the penalty area and he tries to beat somebody and falls over and they just kick it into the net. And it's not an isolated incident, but at that point he was, what, 17, 18, playing in, the, in League Two. Um, Duh. And his development will... Uh, well, he'll never stop. He'll be 30 and he'll play that way and he'll make a mistake because he's human, so mm-hmm. it's fine. I think he just had a... It, that said, a he should have said that he was shit on that first goal as well, I thought. He got his... His weight was all on the wrong foot, wasn't it? He got pulled back where he wasn't expecting it. And well, let's, let's. Aubameyang does move around quite quickly, though, doesn't he? He is good. I mean, he's, he's good at doing he's that kind lots of goal. goals, doesn't he? And a lot of them kind of look like that as well. Well, let's talk about the uh, the strikey incidents. Um, one of which, well, I said it wasn't strike, was it? It was the VAR one I mentioned, but um, the the penalty, two penalty incidents, basically. Um, Definite nailed on for the one where he. The strike had no involvement in either he, of when them. When he fucked up. The strikey incident. I was thinking of penalties. It's, it's been a long day. Uh, Valentine's Day, isn't it? Um, so yeah, it was the uh, the penalty obviously nailed on when he was pissing about with the back. What about the other one, the VAR one? Not a penalty. No, no. Was he going down before the touch? Yeah, he yeah. completely expected Cooper to foul him, and he didn't. And for some reason, he wasn't booked for it either, which he should have been. Mm. People do fall over in football, though, like you know, because it's a contact sport almost. I mean, the fact that one was given and then overturned, but they didn't even seem to look at the Bamford one in the second half seemed odd. I didn't see that. What happened? He got sort of sandwiched between two players as he was running through. It's one of those where no one really puts a tackle in, but all of a sudden Pat Bamford's in the middle of two people and there's nowhere for him to go and there's no way of him getting the ball. I don't know. I don't know if it's a penalty or not. It's the sort of thing that's... I'm absolutely certain it's a free kick if it happens on outside the box because the refs were just on the balance of it go, yeah, probably. Whereas in the box, it feels more of a drastic decision. So I, I would have expected that to be given as a penalty. I would have liked the referee to go and have a look at it on his little telly box. I thought, I don't particularly enjoy it as a thing that happens, but um, referees kind of giving a penalty so that they can then go and have a look at it and see whether it is or not seems to be. I don't understand why he wouldn't do that in that situation and think, well, there's enough there. Bamford's on the floor. Two guys ran into him. I'll go and have a... two guy playing. <laughs> I'll go and get a better look at it. And then the, um, And that's sort of where it worked on the first one. I was fooled as well by, I think, the first replay, um, I thought Cooper had definitely tripped him. And be honest, was there a bit of you went, fucking Cooper? Yeah, because <laughs> I was always just running to him and he's tripped him. And I and then it was the next angle 
um, when you see there's actually no foot-to-foot contact, it was the, the shove at the top. And I think the referee must have, that's why it's changed so much because the player did, um, there was contact and he went down. But where he, I assume, if he was like me, had thought it had been a trip on the ankles, that didn't happen. So he goes, oh, right, he didn't trip him up. Like, and there's not enough in the, um, in the unbalancing of him to give a penalty. So it's fucking um, tedious, though, isn't it? Out. All this is tedious. It is a bit. So I mean, it wasn't as worse. It wasn't as bad as some examples I've seen today. He was relatively. I still don't understand why, when there it goes to VAR for a penalty, the referee just hangs around the penalty spot. Why not just move a little bit? Like a, it's almost like a substitute when they know they're going to get um, hold off and they're trying to waste time going over to the other touchline. So that then when they say, go and have a look, it's oh, okay, right. So I, so I, so I do in, Al, in Aldi, you know, like when you're about, you're about, let's say, three deep at the checkouts or something like that. And you, you know that Aldi's way is to open a new checkout when queues start building up. You'll start going over towards the spare checkout. So just start hanging out at the yeah, line slightly, like just just getting ready to move over to that, uh, that, that line. Or somebody could uh, run onto the pitch, maybe a robot with a screen, take it to him and then it saves some time because it is all about the, the time that it takes uh that it takes so long for these things to happen. I mean, if it was Wimbledon, they'd have ball boys and ball girls from the local schools who'd be running about with um, with little iPads for the, the referee to look at. So you want schoolboys with iPads running on the pitch? Yes. That's, 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 what you've, that's the conclusion of today's game, is it? Well, you know, we give Niall Huggins a go. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. With reference to Niall Huggins, let's talk about the substitutes because they uh, did change the shape of the game, actually, in the end, uh, despite the, should we say, consternation that normally meets the arrival of um, Helder Costa and or Tyler Roberts these days. I think Tyler Roberts people are coming around to Helder Costa... Probably Goal less machine. so, and the fact he deliberately, not deliberately, <laughs> sabotaged our own defence. <laughs> not deliberately, um, immediately, that's the word I'm looking for, um, gave them a goal. <laughs> that didn't help, did it? No, not at all. Did he, um, 
did he balance the universe up though by getting one himself? I suppose he did. He loves a goal in the Premier League, doesn't he? Because that's what will um, history will remember him that way. They'll look at this season and they'll go, "How did what is it? Is it four? Maybe now it's at least three. And go, how did Costa goals in the Premier League? Why didn't they play him more often? And then maybe they'll um, they'll watch the games. The substitutions I thought looked terrible. I've got to be honest, but we did improve, so I guess I was wrong. And Tyler Roberts did nothing wrong. He was good. Yeah, he was good, and um, I like him playing. And I, I wonder what we could do to um, put him in the team more often. I'd, at Wolves, if Clicks hip is bad enough that he had to come off at half time, or maybe they were protecting him uh, for Wolves, play Roberts at ten as attacking midfield, and then Dallas at eight, the where he was, and Calvin hopefully will be back um, to play centre back, striking defence, ailing at right back, or will be well. With the world, Shackleton, I thought was really good, but you could tell um, Arsenal targeted him, and the first goal was him getting pulled into midfield, them playing a ball in behind him, and then Ailing is uh, is not good enough as a centre back to then deal with Aubameyang running at him from the the wing exactly where he was to be, and I think they um they played Shackleton like an old pub piano um, <laughs> at that point, and it didn't escape my notice that the um, the fourth goal came from there as well. It was another one where Shackleton's kind of up against it and it's Aubameyang just running in off that wing and uh, Smith-Rowe, Emil Smith-Rowe and Aubameyang running about in <laughs> Shackleton and Ailing's area. I think they'd seen, it goes back to what we were saying before about it. Um, it wasn't just Stroik reducing the quality in the Calvin Phillips position. I think the whole right side of our defence just gave Arsenal a point to go, we'll, we'll keep attacking that because they're not experienced enough there yeah. to stop us. And we've got pa- Pierre, Patrick, Aubameyang. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, not to mention that it broke the, the link between uh, Ailing and Rafinha, which seems to have been popping recently. And Rafinha wasn't good. No, no, because so, he, did, he didn't have the service in the link-up, did he? He did hit that really nice through ball, which led to the Costa goal. That was his ball down the line to Roberts, wasn't it? Which he yeah. then crossed in. But he, then, had, and he, had, he had a shot that was fairly decent, although he pulled one chance wide as well, which I thought I've come to expect better from him. And the corner. Yeah. So, so he had a really good game. But then well, but, but, those are the things that you, you would come away and say, well, Helder Costa was also good because yeah. you know, he did score a goal. Well, and I expect Rafinha to do that stuff now. I want to see him ending people like he did against Crystal Palace. Just yeah. to go back to the right side of defence, though, I think in that first half in particular when we were struggling to get out of the back, there was the strike problem. But then Luke Ayling is another one who quite often just plays a little one-two and bursts out of defence and completely changes the shape of the game for us. And he has to be a bit more conservative when he's in the middle. Mm. And you can't just leave a big gaping hole in the middle of defence and charge forward. So he didn't, and, and therefore we didn't ever escape. And then it became apparent in the second half when Shackleton was in midfield that he was really good at doing that. What We had a, a good chance in the first half. Shackleton played a great ball across. He played a, a brilliant pass over the top into space for Rafinha, and then I think he made a chance from there. But it was telling that he'd he'd come into midfield and did it, and he wasn't doing it from right back and then the second half he was very good at finding space in Arsenal's half and linking up the play and all the stuff that he he couldn't really manage from right back but then Niall Huggins was also perfectly adequate in in midfield maybe the solution is where does he play sorry less experience Um, for Leeds United I don't know I think he's supposed to be a left winger he's a a left winger or a left back when I've seen him in the 23s so stick him in, in right back then central midfield 
But well, he, he did started very well. the left back, didn't he? I was going to ask about him, but he always confuses me. What was the name of the club sponsor that we had that sounded like the name of an ambulance chasing lawyer? Oh, Neil Hudgens. I was yeah, Neil Hudge, Hudgel? Hudge, Hudgel, yes. Yeah, Hudgel, it wasn't a shirt sponsor, it was the... Um... South Stand. No, South Stand. I said club sponsor, I didn't say shirt sponsor. Oh, right, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I also had to... Um... And they're not ambulance chasing lawyers, I just want to say that clearly before I, also... before I libel a set of solicitors. Do you remember the song, Hudgel Be So Good For You, that they played? They'd done a, a whole song for it, and I think they only played it about twice because it was so awful. Because that's what my brain does. My brain doesn't go, oh, he's a good young prospect, I wonder where he plays and what he's good at. I always think of the, the lawyer and the club sponsor. Mm. Speaking of good young prospects, then, where does the decision to bring him on ahead of Pablo Hernandez leave Pablo Hernandez? On the bench? <laughs> if I was mm. Pablo Hernandez, though, I'd have maybe looked at those changes and thought, hmm, why am I, why am I here then? Well, we, to get, he doesn't, he's had his debut, <laughs> hasn't he? Several times. So everyone just gets Several one game. <laughs> well, it's, if he is fucking off at the end of the season or even the end of the next season, we learned something from seeing Niall Huggins play, didn't we? I think that that was what I was taking from it is, let's see what this kid who's been doing, I presume has been doing really well in the other 23s. And obviously they train all together as one big group. So, um, and also because he came on at left back and I don't think, if I think Pablo would probably pout even more if Bielsa said, nah, Pablo, come on, yes, you are going to play left back. He'd be, he'd, He'd be off. It's more that he's not part of the of the plan. Is is the thing? If you you need to change a game, and Pablo Hernandez is not one of the first three things you think of. Can you build your plans around a thirty five year old with dodgy hamstrings? We did last year in That's the championship, and he was thirty four, and his hamstrings held up. Um, whereas Tyler Roberts came on and was very good. Would um, would Pablo have played better than Tyler Roberts did? No, I'm not suggesting he necessarily would. It's just more where... You're being sentimental, aren't you? I am, essentially. Yeah. And thinking where where does this leave Hernandez if he's not going to come on in a game like this? The thing is, he'd kind of ro- is he? it rolled the dice, though, hadn't he, in an attacking sense by bringing on Costa and Tyler Roberts and with only one left and you feel like you need more balance on the left-hand side that's not Alioski running around causing mayhem, whatever it is, you know, Project Chaos. Um, then he made a change, didn't he? And David St. Hubbins, which is who I was confusing him with uh, from Spinal Tap, <laughs> gave us more options because it meant he could play him and Shackleton were swapping from right back and midfield all the time which again if Pablo Hernandez had come on he would have just had to be Pablo Hernandez on the pitch whereas we had we could change things around we could move things about everybody's filling in for each other and it all became quite varied and quite in a way it's a very Leeds United match where you know you're 3-0 down at half time then 4-0 by 50 minutes and at the end of the match you come away thinking, oh, well, we, you right, know, we, yeah. we did some decent <laughs> stuff in the, in the second half. It was all right. I saw some decent young players, a couple of good goals. Could have could have gone our way if a, a little bit more in the second half. Mm. Won the second half. We did win the second half. And but it's, it's so daft. But it, goes, but it goes back to what Phil was saying, though, wasn't it? You can, you can kind of in these... Well, I wasn't texting Phil during the game, so I don't know what he was saying, do in I? These, in this season, we've got enough leeway to be philosophical about it because we are essentially safe. Um, and these games will happen on your first season back, but... We need to learn from them and not do it again next year. And that year. might explain the Pablo thing as well. If we weren't safe, maybe it is a job for Pablo. Go on there and, and keep us in the division. We need you to do this desperately. Whereas, because we are safe, um, it's a little bit like Robbie Gotts getting his game at Arsenal last year. Maybe that's it. Or our young players have to have a debut <laughs> at um, Highbury too. I know it's not everything, but just looking at the XG, 2.25 to 0.97. 
And that one of those is a penalty for them, which I think counts as not point six. It's about not point six, not point seven. Yeah. Depends who it is. They all have different. It's rules, quite high anyway. It's somewhere between two thirds and three quarters, depending on. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the rest of the stats, we were not. We were not terrible. We were not. The stats don't show us being as bad as we were in the first half, probably because it did feel like we were not anywhere. That's why you need to like watch ourselves as well. Yeah. But because we, we, we were bad in the first we didn't, half. I mean, we? it, it started from the. The first three minutes, we didn't go into their half, and that's when I had a, quite a bad feeling about how the rest of the game was. It had a slight well. scum game feeling, didn't it? Yeah, so they Saka was only being very good, not McTominay levels of good. But we just did not cross the halfway line for the first three minutes of the match, and in that time, I think we'd already had to block um, a couple of shots at our goal, and it just it kind of carried on that way because we didn't spend much time um, in their half at all in the first half. Hmm. Heroes and villains, I mean. Strike had a bad game and just shouldn't play in that position. But Hell of a goal. Listens to the pod, doesn't he? He does. Because you were set. What were you saying? If you don't recognise the goalkeeper, head it right into the net as hard as you can. And what did he do? Did that exactly that. So that was good. Scott McCorner. It was a great header and embarrassed David Louise. And I think somebody else was trying to mark him as well. I was going to mention that when we were talking before about um, pound for pound, who probably gets more value out of their squad. And that 4-2 defeat at, at Arsenal, you'd still say we gained, like our players proved they're worth more pound for yeah. pound. I don't need to over-explain what pound for pound fucking means. <laughs> um, they know, they said at one point... What, what were, do you mean, Moscow? Sorry, just... They were talking about Pepe when he was sitting in the stand and they were saying that um, he's a very good player, but then when um, when Arsenal don't have the ball, he tends to just switch off. I was like, you can't pay £70 million for a fucking striker who... His problem is that when they don't have the not, ball... Not actually a striker. What is he? A midfielder, attacking oh, well, midfielder. A footballer. It's like my telly that goes in a standby after five minutes if you don't do anything or whatever. Exactly. And that's a £70 million player. And then, you know, we paid, what was it, a million pound for Stroik and we're kind of... And five million for Melian and we're kind of... I don't we paid a million pound for Stroik, did we? Wasn't he more or less free? It was um academy transfer deal, wasn't it? It'll probably be a pound or two. Some tulips. Pound for pound. Um, what does that mean? Anyway, that the the problems with our players are fine sort of for what they are. And I can't believe, I'm just glad that we aren't paying £70 million for players who have the same problems as, as our players. If we'd paid £70 million for Stroik, it would be a different um, conversation. And yet Arsenal as a football club are a club who, they probably would pay £70 million for Stroik and then hate him. Yeah, because they hate everything, even when they win. I'm looking forward to the uh, the the sheer absolute upset on Arsenal fans TV when we we hear from some of that on Tuesday. Because I doubt they'll be happy. There'll be something we'll have. Louise on the the strike header. Get that funny haired man out of our club. That'll be what it's. Well, all it seems about. to be their biggest point of joy was when Alioski got taken off because you know because of those fun remarks on the pod, the official Leeds podcast which, about um, Pepe, which was just you know just a little bit of throwaway nonsense. Just, come on. It wasn't even his comments. It was Patrick Bamford's comments, for Christ's sake. Can I nominate Gabriel, actually, their centre-back as a villain as well? Mm. Spent a lot of time on the ground. I mean, he was annoyed at Bamford for allowing for going near him as well, when you could tell it was because he was ailing, flopping more than ailing. Would you say he was game. out of reach of Bamford? Quite possibly, yes. Yep. Yeah. There was one particular one he should have been booked for when the ref didn't give him a free kick. Not, a patch, a, on a, not it, a patch on Pascal's strike, is he? Very good, very good. This, these references are going to be... Um, Probably lost on anyone under the age of about 30. <laughs> but yeah, he was annoying, diving about the place. And Saka had a few dives as well. But, you know. Alioski did stroke 
um, Saka's hair after one of those dives. So I noticed, which I quite enjoyed. It was, it it was completely a, out of nowhere. He just as if as if he was fascinated by his hair and wanted to know what it was made of. Wasn't a ruffle either, was it? No. It was very, it was a bit more tender than that. Mm. It was, it was kind of running, running his hair, his hand through it. Val- never... Valentine's Day. Mm. And Saka just, I think he must do it so often that Saka just didn't even flinch. Like, oh, okay, he's stroking my hair again, is he? And I've oh, got another hero, um, young Neil Hudgel, solicitor, who came on for us. Mm-hmm. Would you say dreams can come true? Leave it now. Shall I stop? Yep. Yeah, I've sure. also, as a villain, um, he's called, what's his, it's Cedric Suarez, isn't it? Um, and the raccoon's villain is Cyril Sneer. I now <laughs> realise, but that that also took some working out during the first half. So I was distracted from the game, trying to establish why the the villain from the raccoons was playing for Arsenal, and then realised it was it was somebody else with a different name. I've now gone to a website listing all of Gabriel's songs. I think he had a dreadful tash as well, didn't he, Cedric? From what I can remember, at one point he showed a close bun, and it looked it looked very dubious. Mm. I wasn't impressed with. Emil Smith Rose bowl cut either for a Leeds United hero I would have expected better hair and also for him not to be so good against us I, I felt I think he was uh, villainous today I feel quite let down by ESR oh, well um, with his name like a techno act do you think the subs came too early maybe the players going off were saying give me a little more time I mean she didn't write that though did that's a cover just got to number five in the charts in 1996 so I don't even know that one Let's give me just a little more time. Did she cover that? Yeah. My love will surely grow. She did uh, Walk on By as well. Again, a cover. Mm. Uh, I Wish. I don't know if that's the cover of Skilo. But uh, some nice references for you. Just go on Spotify. Some, that's what you should do. Happy. V- <laughs> you imagine Gabrielle rapping now, aren't you? That was just uh, <laughs> Skilo coming, coming into play. Uh, didn't expect that. Um, should we just get out of here and... You know, come back and do Are we it nominating again. Marcelo Bielsa as a villain today? Yeah, got it wrong, didn't Made we? Made all those changes, and now he's saying that all those changes were right when they were wrong. That's well, not right. I mean, his, his excellence got us a foothold back in the game, but not until we were well out of the game. Hmm. Tyler Roberts' excellence got us a foothold back in the game, so he can be uh, a hero today. Let's just sort it out on Tuesday. Let's go home. It's Valentine's Day. Let's go home for some romance. No? Seems unlikely. <laughs> on that, on that well, bleak finish. Try putting a Gabrielle playlist on Spotify and see what happens. There your, you go. Your, the course of your night may change immediately. Stick a patch on. All right, come on. Right, thanks for this one. We'll see you in a bit. See you soon. Bye-bye. The Match Ball. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 